And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. On the phone with me for this segment, I have Jeff Clayton, Executive Director for the American Bail Coalition. And we're going to be talking about uh, SB 10, which is State Senate Bill 10, which would abolish cash bail. So thank you very much for joining me today, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. Okay, first of all, before we get started, tell us a little bit about the American Bail Coalition. What is your purpose? Well, the American Bail Coalition is a trade association of insurance companies that underwrite criminal bail bondsmen throughout the United States. Our primary purpose at this point is to protect uh, the constitutional right to bail. Right now, your focus is on California Senate Bill 10, also known as SB 10, which will abolish cash bail. And what is behind the movement to abolish cash bail? Well, it started with concern uh, for low-level offenders, primarily at the tail end of the Obama administration, who couldn't afford bail. And there were problems, uh, particularly in municipal courts, uh, many of which uh, were in the South, where uh, you know people were languishing on really low bails. What it turned into uh, was the solution uh, would be to move to the federal system, a system of detention and release, rather than using uh, you know the setting of a money bail to sort of decide who stays in and who gets out, better, you know, based on whether they post it or not. So that, and the other component to that would be adding the um, computer algorithm as almost the main driver in terms of who gets in jail, who gets out, and on what conditions. Okay, now for for people that may not know, tell us uh, about the bail system. How does bail work? So in California right now, uh, to facilitate expedited releases, all counties are required to have a bail schedule, and it's based on the conduct charged, so or alleged why you were arrested. So. You know, if it was X crime, it would be X amount, which means as soon as you get to jail, you can immediately start, you know, working to get yourself out in a matter of hours. What this system would do is say, no, we're not going to allow anybody to secure their release as they had in the past. Instead, uh, this algorithm will sort people into three categories, one of which gets detention and doesn't get out at all until the end of the case. Regardless of innocence or guilt, the middle category will get out without having to post bail, but will be supervised by the state. And then the low-level people will just get out and not get supervision by the state. And how those are all, categories are all going to be defined under the new system is, is yet to be determined. Many people say that bail is too expensive. Can a person actually lose their house under the existing system? It does happen. Um, the reality in California is a couple of things. One, the nominal bond amounts, what's on the schedules, are really high. But the reality is that the bondsmen, unlike in other states, generally don't get the entire premium, which would be 10%. So the numbers are inflated and really don't mean much until there's a forfeiture, meaning somebody has fled and the bondsman can't get them. And then, you know, all the parties to the contract are jointly and severally liable to pay, you know, what could be in California, huge forfeitures, uh, you know, as high as $500,000 and beyond. What is SB 10 supposed to do? What is its purpose? Why is it uh, being put forth? Well, originally, prior to the change in the bill, which happened after two years, and, you know, the bill changed and became law within a, uh, within a period of six days. Uh, originally, the point of the bill was to reduce the use of money bail and essentially allow these people out on their own recognizance. And there was various mechanisms for doing that. The new law changed to the system of preventative detention, largely because the other legislation was perceived to be sort of soft on crime by letting too many people out. And so... 
you know, some of the prosecutors' associations decided not to oppose this new legislation because of the expanded power of prosecutors to lock up pretty much anybody they want in California, generally for eight days and perhaps longer. Uh, and so why, you know, that was done was probably some fashionable political compromise, but uh, it turned into what I would consider a civil rights nightmare. Now, releasing people for free who are actually too poor to afford bail under SB 10, that sounds like a good idea, but is there anything wrong with the idea? Uh, no, I mean, I think, you know, financial resources and stuff are already required to be taken into account. People who have less uh, assets and stuff shouldn't have to post as high of bonds to sort of incentivize uh, the same conduct. And yeah, some people should get out. Uh, but in California, the reality is there are very few misdemeanor defendants in jail because they can't post bails. Most of the people in there are violent or felony repeat offenders in California's jails because of progressive policies. So we can't have a policy that just says, well, you're poor, even though you committed three felonies, so therefore you get out. Okay, if SB 10 is approved by voters, will it make our streets more dangerous, or is that idea a little bit overstated? It could be overstated just because of the heavy reliance on preventative detention. And the answer that I tell people is, we just don't know. We don't know whether, you know, the um, Democrats in Sacramento are going to fund prosecutors to do the hearings, for example. And so which direction will the balance tilt, we don't know. We, we, know, we know it can go both ways. Uh, I think New Mexico is one example where they, di- they didn't fund the preventative detention hearings, and so it's very nearly impossible for uh, the prosecutors to get uh, preventative detention. And as a result, a gentleman who fired off 22 rounds from an AR-15 uh, was released on his own recognizance for that reason. Counter, I think you would look at New Jersey, where they did fund it, and the rates of detaining people under preventative detention are continuing to increase. And so it's just a matter of how it's implemented. And, you know, it's a, it's a really unknown question, unlike sort of the settled system that we you know, had in California since statehood. Okay, now why are victims uh, groups actually against SB 10 and bail reform in general? Well, uh, they were against uh, SB 10, the original version, because they thought it was basically too soft on... Uh, violent and repeat offenders, and they thought they should be required um, to post bail. Under this system, I think, you know, some of the concerns I've heard is that they don't like the algorithm uh, being the main driving factor uh, of who stays in and who um, gets out. They want, you know, actual interviews and and contact with victims and victims' input uh, into the process. And the victims' input in the process, frankly, was lacking both legislatively and, I think, as a way this bill was drafted. Okay, so let me get this straight. SB 10 was approved by the legislature. It was signed into law by Jerry Brown. It has now been put on hold, and it's going to be voted on by the public in the 2020 election. How is that working? Uh, This is a referendum effort, meaning we are putting before the voters the question of whether they want Senate Bill 10 to become law or not. Uh, And they will have to vote for Senate Bill 10 on the ballot, and if they're against uh, Senate Bill 10 becoming law, they'll vote no. And so the law is basically frozen. Uh, until the election happens in November of 2020. Okay, now is it going to be resubmitted with revisions to it? Well, right now, they legally, they really can't do that um, because the sections of the code that they touched are basically they can't touch until um, the voters go with it. Are there other things they could do? Yes. Uh, could they? Uh, could a compromise be reached? And I hope it is, uh, meaning that the referendum could be pulled back and some new reality of California bail that's kind of a more balanced system could come about uh, would be a possibility. But inevitably, the, 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 the debate is not over, because even if Senate Bill 10 goes away, most people don't like the present system and agree there's need, there needs to be changes. Now, if SB 10 is approved by voters and uh, cash bail ends, how is the release of defendants going to be handled from that point forward? Yeah, so this will be uh, algorithm. We'll evaluate defendants in jail. 
Uh, the high-risk ones don't get out at all. They'll wait to see a judge. Prosecutor will file a motion for preventative detention. They'll stay in for any number of days. There'll be a hearing. The medium ones will walk out almost, you know, probably within a matter of 12 to 24 hours. Uh, and probably, I don't know, in New Jersey, 80-some percent of defendants are being supervised by the state. So I could imagine nearly all the medium-risk people are going to get some form of pretrial, pre-conviction probation. And then there'll be some... You know, small percentage that will just walk out on their own recognizance without supervision. You also talk about algorithms. What is a risk assessment and what does it have to do with SB 10 and bail reform? Well, the algorithm is basically, it's group data, essentially, and what it does is sort people into risk categories. And like I said, in Senate Bill 10, the, ca- the, <laughs> the work of the Supreme Court is to put people into three categories, which is something we've never seen before. But uh, normally it's, you know, a one to six, one to nine on these risk assessment categories. And then they create a grid that basically says, if you're this number, um, you're done. Uh, and so the high-risk category people, nearly all of those are going to get motions for preventative detention, meaning no bail. The problem with that is that a lot of these people, charges are going to be dismissed, and they're ultimately going to be found not guilty. And so what we've seen is the system of preventative detention locks up more uh, innocent people than the current system does. I hear that proponents of SB 10 say that uh, bail reform is supposed to help minorities. Why are a number of civil rights groups actually against it? Well, on the algorithm side, there's 110 national civil rights groups have basically said we should not be doing this. We should not be using these algorithms, which happened, you know, the statement from the Conference of Civil Rights Organizations occurred a month before this bill became law saying, don't do it, and they did, and largely because of concerns of racial bias and lack of transparency uh, of the algorithms. And then, you know, the question of racial disparity and preventative detention was just, you know, is that are we replicating the same problem under this other system, or are we making it worse? And, and most people would say we're probably going to make it worse. Is it true that if SB 10 or bail reform passes, there will be individuals who are stuck in jail that would have been eligible for release under the existing system? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there'll be many of those where, you know, they may be considered dangerous now, but they're, you know, they have friends or family and they've convinced them that maybe they're innocent this time and their friends or family are going to put up, you know, the money to get them out. Well, now that's not going to happen. If the prosecutor gets preventative detention, they're in. And so there'll be a lot of people that are in now um or out now that will be in and then there'll be a lot of people in that'll be you know out under the new system the question is how will the mix change and we think there'll be more incarceration a lot more incarceration in california under this bill okay now if uh, something could be changed in sb10 that would make it uh, you know palatable for your uh, for your organization what would that be well obviously we'd like to continue to exist and at what level i guess could be under debate uh we think we, there should be uh, as many ways out of jail uh, and not to eliminate a way out of jail like bail and bail bondsmen. Um, that said, I think the bail schedules need to be looked at. We don't need that level of financial incentive to recover somebody, even from a foreign country in many cases. And so the schedules are just arbitrarily high, and that needs to be fixed uh, so that the bails are more realistic and process is more transpar- transparent and so that judges are comfortable with lowering the schedules, really so that more people can have access to bail and, and dodge what I would consider even a more um, problematic evil, which is pre-conviction supervision. I mean, we're, we're having the state supervise people, uh, and I think that's more restrictive for many clients uh, than simply posting bail. If SB 10 is passed, is that going to cost taxpayers more money? Yes, and the numbers have been thrown around in the, in the uh, sort of hundreds of millions, potentially up to a billion or two dollars. And so that's another unknown because... 
this year it was only funded to implement it was only funded fifteen million dollars uh... there's talk of a seventy five million dollar appropriation to the state courts um, probably you know a drop in the bucket compared to uh, how much they're eventually going to need on an ongoing basis as we start to wrap things up if there's one thing you could tell listeners why they should not vote for sb10 what would that be sb10 is a copy of the federal bail reform act of 1984 which has been proven to be a complete and total failure in triple pretrial incarceration uh, which is exactly what's going to happen in california Okay, Jeff Clayton, Executive Director of the American Bail Coalition. We've been talking about State Senate Bill 10, SB 10, which would abolish cash bail. It has uh, currently been put on hold and will be up for a vote by the public in the 2020 election. So thank you very much for joining me today, Jeff. I appreciate it. You got it. Have a great day.